1: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You have to speak kindly to yourself. You got to give yourself grace. You have to ask for support, but sometimes all of that grace and compassion, like the other side of that coin is stepping into your power. There is power and vulnerability and there's vulnerability in power. The answers are always inside of you. Even if you don't think you know the answer, like, You take some time, you dig deep, you have the tools that you need. If you have the grain of an idea, you might not know that you know how to get there. You do know how to get there.
2: Yoga Spark founder, Lauren Porat, my guest today, doesn't view what she's doing now as her only dream job. She's been lucky enough to view each of her roles throughout her career as bucket list material in that moment in time. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Crystal Laurie, your host. Thank you for listening. Lauren started in investment banking. She spent eight years at IAC in M and A, investor relations, and strategic planning, and that's where she got the "quote unquote" startup bug. Working hands on every day and learning from amazing entrepreneurs, she eventually reached a pivotal moment in which she drew from all that experience and aligned her skill set with her love for yoga to find a market differentiator creating an environment that she says is equal parts kick-ass, workout, and spirituality, accessible to all in its challenge and its concept. Speaking of challenge with COVID and storm-related roadblocks, this is a founder who's been through it all and clearly has emerged stronger for it. Let's listen. Welcome, Lauren. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been wanting to do this for a while, so thanks for making the time. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Well, I'm so glad that I put this together because, as you know, I've been going to Yoga Spark for a bit, working on my practice. I love the studio environment you've created there, but I didn't realize until recently that you started this business on your own after years in finance and investment banking, working for big firms and startups. So let's rewind a bit, getting into what you loved about your various roles your first startup called Urban Interns. I want to hear about that and unpack the transitions. And also what I find interesting, Lauren, is you've said to me, you feel lucky that various stages of your career felt like dream gigs. So walk us through all of it. Yeah. Well,
1: I always feel like I've had my dream job sort of at the moment. I've always really thrown myself into things and fallen in love with where I am. I got started in investment banking right out of college. I went to the University of Michigan. I graduated with an undergraduate degree in business. They have a great undergrad business school there. I went to work directly on Wall Street in Merrill Lynch right after graduation. You know, it's an intense environment. Yeah. You're working 90, 100 hour weeks, but... Go-getters. I, for me, <laughs> at least in the group that I was in, it was a community. Like there were six analysts in the group and we were all in it together. Actually, oddly, there were two kids from Michigan, two kids from Duke, and two kids from Yale. So it was like this weird little family that we had. And we yes. love each other and work all week and then kind of go out on the weekends. And so it was, I mean, as intense as it was, it was a community that we had together. And little did I know that so many years later, I'd still be cultivating community in a different way. But that was kind of the thing that I loved about it and what made it a dream job for me. Not to mention the fact that, as a kid growing up, I really did always want to go work on Wall Street. Oh, it wow. was just something that I had my sights set on as a young kid. I think there was like a, actually a Times article written years ago about how like people born in the 80s that watched the movie Wall Street, like wanted to go work on Wall Street. It was this kind of like idealized thing. I get that. Yeah. So after investment begging, I went to go work at a private equity firm for a quick stint for about a year I enjoyed that too, but it wasn't kind of, why is the right place for me? So I quickly went to go work for IAC, which at the time was USA Networks, big media conglomerate. Mm-hmm. And I started in kind of the M&A group, so acquiring companies. I actually worked on the acquisition of Expedia at the time. I actually worked for Dara Khazarshahi, who is now the CEO of Uber. So yeah, I have a long list of incredible people that I've worked for and worked with over at IAC. The USA became IAC. I went from m and I started doing investor relations after that, which I absolutely loved because that's like a people business you're just yeah. you're talking to investor and it was the great it was the perfect combination of all my skill sets because I had the finance background and then it's like I'm on planes at conferences talking to people all day long. So it really was the great marriage of my skill sets for me. And then I wanted to do something more operational. So I went back to kind of more operational strategic planning. Mm -hmm, So I was mm -hmm. there for eight years total. And then the company announced that they were going to split up into five publicly traded companies. Right. My corporate role wasn't really necessary anymore. Honestly, the folks there did a great job of like, we really did try to find a place at IAC, maybe one of the operating companies for me. It just didn't work out fit wise. So we left on great terms. And I started a company called Urban Interns with a friend of mine. And it was interesting because from a holistic, like work life perspective, I went from being like this big company girl to Carrie, my business partner was like the only person that I worked with for a really long time. And we... had a great time. We raised like startup capital. We were out sort of in the tech world. This like, forget exactly the year, but it was like 2008 through sort of 2012 that we were at
2: it. I know you said you worked your tail off also.
1: (laughs) We worked our tails off, but ultimately it just wasn't a business model that was scalable. Mm. And we, we, we discovered that along the way. And so we kind of scaled ourselves out of the business and I was looking around for, you know, okay, what am I going to do next? At this point I had moved from the city to the suburbs and I'd always, loved yoga and I knew a person capable of starting something from thin air. I just couldn't think of anything else that I was more compelled to do. I did a lot of research. I talked to folks in marketing and in product development and in whatever strategic planning. Like I, I had a path that I could have kind of gone into different industries, but I just had a, I don't know, the universe called me to it. I don't really know how i describe it.
2: That's amazing. Well, you obviously had a toolbox of experience, let's see, finance, marketing, product development, customer service. What I also read about you on LinkedIn is that you're good at execution, just plain execution. I mean, one of the reviews of one of your former bosses says she gets S-H blank T done. <laughs> what do you think is your differentiator for Yoga Spark? Because there are lots of studios out there. I'm sure you thought about that too with your business acumen. What's going to make this stand out? So tell me how you got through that and came up with what you did. Because there's Bikram, but that's different from what you have. I know that because I think it's temperature related. So. Tell me about finding your white space. Yeah, so you're absolutely
1: right. I knew that we had to differentiate and kind of create something that was different than all the other yoga out there. My vision was to create something that was a challenging, full body, fun, positive experience that would bring people to yoga that maybe had never done yoga before. So we wanted to make it open level and accessible. Part of making it open level and accessible is making it challenging. I mean, you live in the same area as I do. We've got lots of people here who are very focused on their fitness and their health and their routines of running and golf and tennis and whatever else. And everybody that I know is pretty active, but don't necessarily identify as yogis. So I wanted to create a place where you could go where... It's not that the spirituality doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's just that we don't necessarily lead with the spirituality. We get people in the door with the fun, the environment. When you walk in the door, like the music is blasting and there's like a friendly face at reception. You're going to get a kick-ass workout. But you know, in the room, magic happens. And that's really all. You can't totally put a definition on magic, but it really does. And the other thing that's differentiating in terms of how we're different, like the yoga piece specifically, is so it's power yoga, but every class is different. And the teachers really are empowered to Explore their unique creative selves in the room. Teachers love teaching at Yoga Spark because they get to explore things that you know in other studios where things are a little bit more regimented. For example, the Bikram practice is it's the same twenty six postures every time, and I would never bad mouth another studio. Would never bad mouth another type of practice. I, I always say like I love all yoga. I've never met a yoga class that I didn't like. But for us, it's different, and for our practitioners, we're really focused on a long term yoga practice. And when you're doing the same thing every time, or you're are sort of flowing in the same way every time or you know what's coming next per se. You know, the body and the brain can get in a rut. So we want to like break those molds. We want to challenge you, challenge your mind, challenge your body. You don't have to worry about what's coming next. Like the teacher's got your back. Every class is going to be different and is going to be dynamic and changing, but it's always going to deliver that piece of it that's consistent is it's always going to be challenging. It's always going to be a full body workout. There's always going to be great music. You are always going to sweat our practitioners know what to expect
2: from us, even if
1: they don't know exactly what to expect from us.
2: Totally. So you have two locations now. You started in Tribeca in New York City, and then you opened Mimaranek, which is in Westchester County, New York. And you have different challenges or had in terms of getting the word out because in the city, it was more of a crowded space. And in Westchester, in the suburbs, you felt you had to work a little harder in explaining it and marketing it in a way. So how did you get past that in terms of navigating those roadblocks?
1: Yeah. Well, I always say, I think that the product is the marketing. And I think that when you have a great product, people talk about it and they share, they spread the word. Mm. Like yoga really is a word of mouth business. And it's not to say that we don't do networking and we don't do certain partnerships and things like that. We're huge on social media, Instagram reels and things like that. We've, recently gotten really excited about and into
2: yeah you're on tiktok now too right yeah well sort of instagram is really our platform but
1: we'll make the reels and then we'll post them on tiktok on, on instagram but in the beginning in westchester like there wasn't that much realization in the community of like what hot power is so we really had to do a lot of when we opened it was we offered two weeks of free classes and we really got people in the door and we got people talking about it we got buzz going it took us a longer in the city to kind of get to that point of like, we're a household name and celebrities coming and things like that. And that's kind of like the cachet that you want in the city of being able to, on a hush, like know that, oh, I saw so-and-so there type of a thing. We're there now, which is really exciting, but it took us a long time. Well, how many years have you been in existence? So. The Westchester studio opened up in early 2013 and the city studio opened up in early 2016. As you probably know, the Westchester studio had a bit of a interruption. Yeah. So we made it through the COVID pandemic and we were obviously shut down and then we reopened. And right on the heels of that, the summer, it was September following the reopening because we reopened in like earlier that year, 2021. Right. Hurricane Ida came through our area and... Demolished. I mean, it completely demolished the studio. We just, we couldn't reopen after that. There was three feet of sewage and sanitary waste and all these things. And so we took a break and I wasn't even sure if I could get up after that, but the community like really came knocking on my virtual door and all of the texts and the DMs and the calls are coming in. Like, so sorry for your loss, but like, when is the studio? Opening? <laughs> right, when <laughs> like, are you coming back? Sorry, but like what's happening? Like, when are we practicing yoga again? And so the community really
2: like, followed me up through that. And so we quickly worked to find another location. And here we are. Yeah, you were up and running fairly quickly. And you've actually truly had your fair share of challenges between that and the pandemic and going so strong. Now, what do you think you've learned about yourself as a business owner? And even just personally having gotten through that, which was not easy? Well, I think I've learned that, and I'm sure this is not rocket science. I'm sure you've heard this one
1: so many times in your podcast, but you know, your team is just the most important thing. And my team, the sort of small managerial group of we have like two managers, two assistant managers, and our one kind of social media person, they held me up through the pandemic, and they needed purpose. And just looking kind of at their faces over zoom, like, what are we going to do next? We're closed, we got to figure this out. I knew that they needed purpose. And that was my big fire underneath me to just figure out, all right, how are we going to stay alive so that we can reopen eventually when we're allowed to, we really supported each other, like just energetically and physically, logistically, everything during that time, the same thing holds true today. And so, yeah, so I think that's my biggest takeaway is like your team is your biggest support system and it's okay to ask for support just as much as when it's asked for, give it, like just give, always be giving i would say that's my other like huge takeaway is sometimes we get in this thing and whether it's like in your personal relationships or your professional relationships where there's got to be a give and take like you somebody asks you for something and or sends you an email or ask you for a meeting or like whatever and the initial reaction is like well what did that person do for me? Like, it has to be like equal. We contribute to this thing equally and life isn't really like that. And when you give, you get so much back. First of all, from the act of giving. Secondly, from you just don't know what's going to come back to you when you give. So I would say that the second biggest thing is like, don't be afraid to just keep giving.
2: And that's it. I love that. Well, that also kind of segues into the last part of the podcast where we ask you about you know, finding professional purpose and why it's so important. And do you feel like now this community that you have, your team, how is it fueling you and where do you want to take it down the road?
1: Yeah, it's so hard because it's like we've been through so much and I've made these big plans in the past. And then all of a sudden, like you know, March 12, 2020 happens and you're like, Okay, plans out the door and two years later, you're like, why even bother planning? Yeah, totally. But right now, I'm so fueled by the communities in both locations. Like just Mm -hmm. I'm in the city one or two days a week and I'm here the other days, live in Westchester. And just I'm so fueled by the sweat Mm -hmm. and smiles that I see in both studios every day, and people just really gravitating to the Mm -hmm. practice and really so excited about Yoga Spark and what it is that we're doing. I'm really fueled by that. That gives me energy, that gives me warmth in my heart. And it makes me want to keep doing it and keep doing more and more of it. I am working on a third location right now. I don't want to be like too specific about where it is or what it is. More my superstition than anything else. We want to have the Ta-Da moment, right? (laughs) Of being able to say that it's actually happening. So I am working on a third location right now, which I'm really excited about Mm in an underserved community in terms of hot yoga. So I think it'll be really exciting. It's just a great opportunity. So yeah, I think there's more physical locations. I will say also during COVID, we kind of went down like the digital route. We invested heavily in digital. We built an amazing digital platform. Like we've learned, okay, we will still keep it alive and supported, but that's not like the future for us. Like I think one of the big learnings for us was our experience is an in-person experience. Like you can't replicate hot yoga online, period. And we make our digital product free for our members and obviously we have a community of people that do use it, but it's more like a support for what we do in the studio versus like, oh, that's going to be the fourth studio and we're going to build a digital
2: studio to record classes. And your biggest piece of advice to someone who's thinking about their side hustle into something they can monetize based on your journey, if you had to boil it down. I think my biggest piece of advice is like you're the only person that
1: judges you. You have to speak kindly to yourself. You got to give yourself grace. You have to ask for support. But sometimes all of that grace and compassion, like the other side of that coin is stepping into your power. There is power and vulnerability and there's vulnerability in power. The answers are always inside of you. Even if you don't think you know the answer, like you take some time, you dig deep, you have the tools that you need. If you have the grain of an idea, you might not know that you know how to get there you do know how to get there. You just, you need to figure out the
2: path. Just as you've done. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's interesting. You're very centered as a person and, you know, your passion for yoga has informed all of your successful decisions in terms of business. And that's quite clear. It's really like a nice alignment that you have here. And I congratulate you on all you've achieved, Lauren. Great work. So where should we send people to learn more about Yoga Spark and you?
1: Yeah. So yeah. And thank you so much for your kind words, Pista. So it's so, oh, it's so appreciated. And I, I love, I love mean that you in the from the heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our website is www.yoga-spark.com. If you live in the Westchester or visiting the Westchester area or the Tribeca studio, is a hop, skip and a jump from any subway station. It's a great destination. You know, both locations have showers and facilities to take care of yourself after class. That's another kind of element of the accessibility. The digital platform is accessible through that same website. You can get to it from there. And on Instagram, we're at Yoga Spark Studio. And definitely follow us because, I mean, even if you don't live in the area, I have to say that we have been crushing the
2: reels. We are cracking ourselves up. I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> it only takes 40 takes. <laughs> I wouldn't say anything if I did not believe it. Like, you seem very natural at it. So keep utilizing that community. I think engagement with the community is the best way to grow organically. And it seems like you're hitting it.
1: One of our core values is just
2: fun. And this falls in the category of fun. So I'm like, let's do it. Totally. Be yourself. Lauren Porat, thank you so much for taking the time. This went way too fast, but I really (laughs) enjoyed having you. And of course, I will see you soon at Yoga Spark. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a good one. The countdown to 100 episodes continues. And we thank you, as always, for your support. What should we do to celebrate any ideas? Why don't you DM me at Bucket List Careers on social media, any of the platforms where we are. I'd be happy to respond to any cool input on how we should commemorate this important milestone. All right, we'll be back next week with a fresh episode of Bucket list Careers. I'm Crystal Laurie. Be well.
0: An ironic media production. Visit us at com.